Hello listeners and welcome back to Ride Buddies, this time live and in real life. In our fourth episode of the conversation series, we caught up with All Bodies on Bikes advocate, Marley Blonsky, and Pittsburgh's Major Taylor Cycling Club president, Shakaya Bailey, live at the SBT gravel event back in August. A longtime advocate for larger bodies on bikes, Marley Blonsky and her message skyrocketed to fame when Shimano released its All Bodies on Bikes video this past March. Shakaya Bailey, meanwhile, also spends a lot of her time advocating for inclusivity but with a focus on the BIPOC community. United in a dream for a more inclusive, accepting, and safe cycling community, Blonsky and Bailey work tirelessly to get more folks in the saddle and change the industry one event or one additional clothing size at a time. Strangers until this recording, Blonsky and Bailey cover a lot of proverbial ground, including their newbie mountain biking woes, the booty mantra, (laughs) a PSA to please wear helmets on the bike and on the toilet, apparently, and how to feel safe on a solo bikepacking trip. So saddle up and tune in because you're in for a great ride with these two. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Oh, we, water. We didn't have cider, uh-huh. but I got a beer. Boom. So cheers. Post-dried beer, although I hear at altitude, you just drink a lot more water. Yeah. How's the altitude treating you? So far, so good, but I haven't really pushed it too much. I did a little bit of pushing yesterday. Uh-huh. So the ride this morning, you helped me sweep, which... Yeah, I took it easy. Thank you I was so like, much for your help on that. Oh, my God. It was... I was like, I, I, I want to do a lot tomorrow. Yeah. There's no... There's. This is not a race today. You got 144 miles tomorrow. Yes. Have you ever ridden that far? No, not in one go. What's the farthest you've gone? 129. I mean, that's like so close. <laughs> so like. Not when you're pain. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but like, do you get like the race day like adrenaline that like helps you go? I get it like when I'm at the line. Okay. When it, and we're like we're get ready to go. Yeah. That's when I feel it and I like the energy of everyone around you. And then you just end up going out too fast, which I think everyone does. I think so too. <laughs> like we need an agreement that's like, hey guys, we're gonna go ten miles an hour slower than we normally do, and not blow ourselves up. But it never works. <laughs> everyone's too excited because everyone's feeding off the energy. Totally, it's the vibes. I mean, that happened on the ride this morning. I like made that announcement of like, hey, it's a ride, not a race, and like we went like my pace for the first like three miles, and then people just started like taking off the front, and I was like, all right, bye. See you later. Have fun. But I think in general, people were pretty chill about it. Oh, yeah. I think it was too many people for that to not happen. Totally. totally. It was a large turnout. So freaking big. Oh, yeah. What was like? It looked like 500 riders or something crazy. It's not more than that. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot. Yeah. And actually, that's a, that's a good question. So, like, you lead rides for Major Taylor. I do. Um, I lead a lot of rides in Seattle. And, like, as cycling is growing in popularity, but, like, that's one of the things I struggle with is like taking beginners and more novice cyclists, finding safe routes for them. Yeah, it's helpful when you start on the trail because then everyone kind of going out slower, getting the feel for the pace, but then you transition to either your pavement or your gravel, depending on what type of ride it is. Yeah. And and that's a good inroads like for folks. Like a more folks. rural road, I don't know. Yeah, well, so I'm such a city cat that Same. It's very much, we like a lot of our rides will start on the, in Pittsburgh, we have this Wednesday night rides for Major Taylor and it's called the OTB rides, which is over the bar. It's like a a bicycle cafe, like it's it's like a bar restaurant. 
Okay. And we've been having rides there like over a decade. Cool. And so that ride is, it's an evening ride, starts at like 6.30. So it is very much like stop and start because you gotta think about the traffic of yeah. that time of day. But it's Is that like all terrible. ages, all genders? Yep, it's for everyone, all class ride. However, there's, does occur like where it's a natural separation of the group yeah. where some people are going a little faster, but then people will wait at the top of hills and, and relax. Um, and if, the, if ever the group gets so big that we should split, then we'll usually make that decision at that time. Okay. But um, usually we don't split the ride. Um, but it's a good introduction for people who don't ride on the streets as much. Yeah. Because we're riding in the street, we're in a group, and when you're ever in a large group, it's safer. Totally. Um, and yeah. it's better to take the road anyway when you're in a large group. Because when you're on the trail and you have 30 plus riders, that is a huge congestion point. Totally. I feel like it's just like rude to the other trail users and like, you know, people with kids or dogs or whatever it might be. So, yeah. I don't know. And in Seattle, um, I lead a Monday night ride. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it sounds similar, but it's like, we call it Moxie Monday, and it's for like trans, femme, women, and non-binary riders. Um, and it's like probably more of a social ride, it sounds like, than maybe yours. Um, yeah. Not like yours isn't social, but it's yeah. like, um, most folks don't come out kitted up. It's like very much like a, let's go 10 miles, maybe. Yeah. Like, um, but people get mad at us when we ride on the trails, I feel like. Um, oh, really? It's a big turnout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been okay. growing. Um, and people are just like, take a group ride off the trail. Like, go to the street. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's kind of interesting for the people on the trail to tell the cyclists to get off the trail. Yeah. But. Uh, I feel like there's just like a, a feeling that's like group rides shouldn't be on the trail. But I guess if it's a slower pace. Yeah. So, and I, then it's kind of like, well, why not the trail if it's exactly. a slower pace? Yeah. And so. Most of the time I don't feel bad about it, but it's like if I'm taking a faster group, like if we're kitted up, we're not taking the trail. Yeah. Yeah. So I do a, I do a slow roll um, twice a month. Cool. Um, and it's a Monday slow yeah. roll. Cause I really, because it was my idea. I was like, well, what I have the capacity to do. What's my best day to go slow. Yeah. And that's Monday. Cause that's typically a rest day. Yeah. And that is a city ride. And the whole point of the slow roll is to go slow. So it's very much social the entire time, talk the entire time. I encourage people to bring music, bring speakers, yeah. you know, bring lights, whatever. Um, and it's slowly growing, it's still small numbers, um, but it's intentionally slow all the time, never fast. We never do more than like 10 miles. Yeah, and it sounds just like Moxie Monday. Yeah, it just keeping it set. And it helps a lot of our beginner riders who like don't ride the street at all, get comfortable, because it's always in the city. And the other important piece about that that I should also mention, I try to have it located near a uh, black and brown community cool. start point, always, and near a um, healthy ride station. So that? that's like a, the rent, this, basically it's the city bikes okay. that people yeah, yeah. can rent. And so it's a way for, if someone doesn't have a bike, uh, they can use a bike for that. And cool. so, and so like your ride is yeah. slow enough that like if somebody's on like a rented bike, yes. they can keep up. That's so that's crucial. Like, yeah. And that's like the type of work that I do is like, getting more people on the bikes like i don't care if you're on a three thousand dollar bike or like exactly a two dollar an hour bike like exactly. let's get more people on the bikes and yeah and i'm, I'm not of the like if people show up like that ride i'm i'm chill i'm wearing a shirt i'm wearing like flats it's very chill 
And sometimes we do things. Sometimes we might go get barbecue or ice cream or yes. just different things after, you know. Just mix it up and have a good time because yes. people need to know, like, biking doesn't need to be all serious. It can be chill. You can have a good time. Um, yeah, and just, I think that's just so important. And I try to always ride through, you know, the black and brown communities as a part of that ride because I want people to, see, to normalize seeing these bodies on bikes all the time and yes. it's okay to like see that diversity and not always think that when you see us on a bike that it's a race right that it's like literally oh no we're just riding they're like what you just riding yeah we're just yeah, riding just having fun yeah yeah and very similarly like for people in larger bodies like just going out and having a good time and like no we're not riding to lose weight no we're not riding to like necessarily exercise that's what i'm doing with like the all bodies on bikes ride it's like yeah. We're just riding for fun. Yeah, because you and, like it. Exactly. And it's okay. And like, sure, if you want to ride lose weight or race, good on you. Have yeah. a good time. But bikes should be for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I uh, And we don't have to get into this if you don't want to, but like <laughs> earlier this summer, maybe March or something, there was like a video of kids like doing wheelies. And it was a bunch of like black and brown kids doing wheelies. And it was like, that is the coolest thing. And it was just like a mob of them. Um, yeah. And then these freaking cops showed up and like got mad at, like they got in trouble they tried to arrest him I was like literally what are they doing wrong yeah kids riding bikes on the street like yeah like if it was a bunch of white kids they would be like the anyway we don't need to talk about that yeah I mean I think anytime you have a group of folks black and brown it kind of could be a clash point yeah for for the the police um yeah it's, it's, it's definitely unfortunate but I'm glad that hopefully that doesn't deter them. I hope not. I hope it makes them do it more. I hope they get some sponsors and exactly from the they, coverage. Yeah, I hope they go out and wheelie their little hearts out and teach everyone how to wheelie. I, I want to wheelie. I do too. I, I'm, at I, the beginning of I COVID, suck. I like tried to learn how to do it. I was like, what else am I doing with my life? So I like put put it on Instagram of like I'm gonna do like a 30 day wheelie challenge, and I was doing it on like my heavy ass mountain bike, and I made it like four days, and I was like. I'm bored. Well, the, they say the mountain bike is the best because of the geometry, right? Yeah, supposedly. And I, I have not been able, <laughs> I've been trying to do the pop, pop it up, and I just, I struggle. I yeah. have not gotten it. It's really hard. I think I just need to practice more. The thing that I've been working on this weekend is like riding with my hands off the bars. Okay, yeah. Um, so I used to be really good at it when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I just like stopped trying. And today I was like flapping my arms. And I was like, all right, I, I think I can do it now. You can. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Right. I think, uh, and I learned when someone was teaching me, well, it was the hands off the bike. And I was like, well, how are you, how are you like turning? And they like, the, the they were telling me like, point your belly button where you want to go. Yes. And I was like, oh. Yeah. You got to like use your core and your hips. Yeah. The other thing I was told, and it's like similar to mountain biking. Do you mountain bike? Yeah. I'm not good. Same. I'm like learning how to do it, and it's really scary. It is. I'm endowed. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, you're here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's like laser titties. It's like point your nipples oh. where you want to go, because like wherever you like look is where your bike is gonna go. Yeah. Um, but it's like hard to think about that. So like also like pointing your your nipples where you want to go. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Plus, it's just funny to think about laser titties. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. I, when I'm like trying to work on body mechanics, well, when my friend Melissa was teaching me mountain bike and stuff, 
she would always repeat, booty back, booty back. Mm. Because, you know, put your booty back. And so I'm like, in my head, I'm always constantly saying booty back, booty back. Yeah. Because I have, well, part of the problem why I endoed is because I didn't have good body positioning when I was going off this little lip. And I don't think I was far enough back. Yeah. And I didn't have my booty back. So <laughs> I try to, like, keep repeating that mantra, yeah. booty back. <laughs> I ended one time, but I was like climbing up a hill which i don't know how you end up going up a hill but i like grabbed my brake so hard mm -hmm. i just like tumbled over my bike and i was fine but well, that was slow fall oh yeah slow fall is the best kind of fall all my slows are fall all my falls are slow because i go slow oh, okay <laughs> yeah i try to confidently do some things yeah. just because you know like it's when you're mountain biking they say like if you have the speed you'll most likely go over the thing that you're yeah feature so i'm like yeah you know okay i, I haven't like <laughs> gotten there yet i'm so i have such a mental block it's like the curves that are harder so like if you're going through like s turns yeah. it's hard to like maintain that speed and make the turn yeah you know because it's like you gotta with your head you looking where you gotta go booty back you know you want your saddle down so you can have like your center grab it's like so There's much so much to think so about. much to think about and i'm terrible i just try to fall if i'm following a good will i do better yeah same yeah I, I i've always been the way with sports so like i used to play basketball well like c squad in like eighth grade uh, so when I better say, than me I <laughs> i've never done a thing you never done basketball or like i've never softball? done any sports until after wait after college yeah, you were telling me that yesterday like you're you're you like you live down the street from like a velodrome um Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, you were saying that like you lived near a bike. Okay, it's an outdoor track. You're not an official velodrome, but I didn't know about it until after went to college was living somewhere else for years came back to pittsburgh as a boomerang how did you find it you know i think um major taylor okay. so the club i think we must have had like a bicycle clinic or something can you can we go back can you talk oh yeah just tell me about like major taylor in, in pittsburgh oh yeah so uh the pittsburgh major taylor cycling club was started by six guys okay. um who ended up starting that chapter because of oh Sorry, so much is happening. <laughs> <laughs> the wind is here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So started by six guys. Oh yeah, started by six guys, and um, they pretty much got the idea after doing a uh, underground railroad ride, mm -hmm. and they ended up meeting the Major Taylor Ohio Club, which was the very first chapter. Okay. And they started it in Pittsburgh because they wanted to encourage more black and brown folks to ride bikes to improve their health cool um yeah so that's how it started and it was like what oh four maybe when the club started that's when i graduated high school i graduated in like oh two okay so we're about the same age yeah 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 so wow i feel old i know <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, right. but I All look these good. Young yeah, we look good though. We look we good. Do. We look good. Sunscreen. Boom. Yeah, it helps. Um, but yeah, so, but I didn't discover them till I like, I 
went away, came back after living in Atlanta for several years, and I was just bike commuting and ended up connecting with them because of commuting stuff. And somebody was like, hey, you ride your bike a lot. You should meet this guy, Bruce. He has this club. And I said, okay. So I show up to this bike shop, and then boom, he's there. And they're like wearing helmets and stuff. I did not wear a helmet. No? I did not. I was just out here commuting, not wearing a helmet. And um, he was like, if you, you ride with us, you gotta wear a helmet. And I made this face of disgust. And he handed <laughs> me this ugly helmet. Oh, damn. But I really wanted to ride with them, yeah. so I wore it. And I was like, I'm gonna give you my own better looking helmet. And I did like the same day. Nice. Um, and that actually was started me wearing helmets is because of Bruce, which was a former president of Major Taylor. Okay, and now you're the president of Major Taylor. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm like all safety first. Now yeah. I'm wearing helmets and encouraging folks to wear helmets. Yeah, <laughs> they're important. They are. Yeah, especially for those slow motion falls that we are talking about. Exactly, yeah. or when you get hit by cars like I have. So, you said you've been hit three times? Yeah, I've been hit three times. Jeez. Two hospital visits, oh my God. one overnight stay. Um, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm like on a long distance bike tour and then there's like cars whizzing by me at like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. I like think like my helmet's not going to do jack shit right now. No. But, I mean, my actually I had a friend who was like on a cross country tour uh -huh. and she got hit by a car and <gasps> is actually alive. Wow. I think because of her helmet. So. That's amazing. You should wear a helmet. You should. Even when you're just chilling. Yeah. Even when you're chilling on a trail. I see people who don't wear helmets on the trail. Yeah. And you can, you can crash on a trail. Totally. You can get a stick in your spokes. You can hit a deer, you can hit rabbits. Yeah. Like. My family has a funny joke. Um, I probably shouldn't tell the story on a podcast, but I'm going to. So I've fallen off the toilet twice in my life. And like, I don't know if you can see this bump on my forehead. Can you see it? Oh, not you pointed out. Yeah. yeah. So I've fallen off the toilet twice in my life and uh, gotten multiple concussions. Oh my God. Yeah. So they joke that I should wear a helmet on the toilet. They're probably not wrong. You would have to have been little. Uh, one time in third grade. Um, and then one time when I was 18. 18? Yeah, I just got dehydrated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fainter. Okay, hydration is key. As I drink beer, yeah. Drink some water, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting, because the Major Taylor um, project in Seattle is, um, <clears throat> it's a project of Cascade Bicycle Club, which is like oh. a big statewide nonprofit advocacy group. Okay. Um, I'm actually on the board of it but it's all aimed at middle and high schoolers, um, oh, black and brown dope. kids, trying to get them onto bikes and recreating and living healthier lives. Um, that's amazing. It's real cool. But I think it would also be really cool to like get black and brown adults and like people of all ages. Yeah. So, so that club also has other riders though. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and so that's like just like one of their projects. Okay. Um, and so they go out to high schools and basically have like bike clubs. Um, and so they help get kids um, bicycles that fit them. They, mm -hmm. they, they do like a bike drive every year. Um, and then they teach the kids like bike mechanics and like fix a bike because it's often like donated bikes that have been in people's garages for X number of years. Yeah. And so, and then um, depending on what the kids want to do, um, they do like cyclocross in the fall. I say kids, they're teenagers. Teenagers hate being called kids. Yeah. But they do like cyclocross in the fall and then um, they like work them up on like longer and longer rides through the summer mm -hmm. um and then their big culminating thing is the seattle to portland ride which is wow. like a 200 mile bike ride oh my god yeah how are you feeling about this vibe here like this current um like 
I'm really excited about like the, the efforts that they're t- making with like Ride for Racial Justice and like the Radical Adventure Riders and like letting me lead a ride. Mm-hmm. It still feels like a boys club. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I like it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel like I'd love to see more like people of like different body shapes and sizes and ages. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the most I've seen yeah. of larger bodies on bikes. To be honest, like I'm, I'm seeing it more, but like it's not often. No, you know, like in my club, I see it because we have all bodies on bikes in my club. Yeah, but like not at a race. Yeah, you know. No. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think it's. I really wish that they would like do some other marketing because like the 37 mile is not a race. The 64 mile is not a race. Like. Those of yeah. us who are choosing those distances, we're not racing it. No, you're having a good time. Yeah, we're going out to have a good day to challenge our bodies and to, yeah. like, enjoy the day. Yeah. And I think if we could, like, figure out a way to market it as, like, a challenge but not necessarily a race, we would get more folks out. Yeah. Although, I mean, it's still sold out, so... Oh, it's sold out? Um, yeah. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Because well, I signed up back in uh, 2020 at the same. end when it, when they opened... I was like, oh, I got to herp and do this or I'm not going to be able to get in this race. Yeah, same. <laughs> so I got to sign up now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm still like jazz because this morning I got to ride with like some of my cycling heroes. Like I got to ride with Molly Cameron for a while. Oh, okay. Um, and like I got to ride with like the fast crew, which I don't ever get to do. So just kind of like buzzing over it. Yeah, I don't ride with the fast crew either. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. I think overall, I'm feeling really jazzed about like where the industry in general is going with things. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has your experience been like as you've been entering this bike culture, and how have people been interacting with you? How do you feel like you've been received in these spaces? Overall, really positive. Um, people, I feel like I had to prove myself in some ways as a cyclist. Um, you know, when I walk into a bike shop in, even in this city, um, if folks don't know me, which I don't expect people to, yeah. I still get treated like a beginner. Um, and they still look at me like, oh, cool, we got some hybrid bikes over here, which is fine, but there shouldn't be assumptions made, you know? Yeah. Um, but the overall industry in general, people are just so jazzed up to like see this conversation happening. Um, at the same time, like I still can't find like knee pads for mountain biking that fit me. And, like, one of my sponsors, like, has, like, two jerseys that fit me. Like... Only two? Oh, my gosh. And I'm not even that big of a person. Like... Wow. And so that's, like, really what I'm trying to advocate for is, like, there's such a variety of sizes and people in the world. Like... Everyone wants to be fly. Yeah. Everyone wants to look good on a bike. Yeah. Get with the program. Yeah. And, like, these bibs that I'm wearing are size 2X, and, like, they're tight on me. I'm, like... I don't know. And like on the ride today, I had like probably five or six people come up to me and like, thank you so much. Actually, that's not true. Probably 20 people come to me like, thank you so much for your work. But five or six people be like, thank you for like advocating for larger bodies. Like, yeah, I didn't have clothes to wear until you made it visible. Wow. Like you're really making an impact to actually literally be seeing the change that you want to see. Yeah, I just. I worry that it's happening too slow and these brands are like, you know, talking about 2024, 2025 of like production cycles. I'm like, wow, I get it that you're big, 
but people want to ride bikes now and they need a chamois to ride in now. Exactly. Like, what do you want them to do? Yeah, how, how are you going to address this right now? Yeah. And part of me is like, I should just start my own brand, but I also like, I want to start my own brand. There's so many companies. Why are you have to reinvent the wheel? Yeah. And it's there. There's so many wheels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Actually, one really good thing. So like Primal, mm-hmm. sponsor, they're like the official wear of Steamboat Gravel. When they were putting out the kits for yeah. this ride on the official website, they only had up to like XL. And so. Really? Yeah. So I wrote to the organizers and I was like, hey, Primal actually makes up to like a five or six X. Can we get the full size line yeah. in these kits? And they're like, let us look into it. We'll get back to you. Within a week, they were like, hey, check the website. It's there. Which, like, mm. that is awesome. Yeah. I shouldn't have to ask for it. You shouldn't ask for it. That should automatically be there. Right. Because so many people who are in larger bodies are going to see that and say, oh, they don't have my size. They're exactly. not going to ask for it. No one's going to think it's available because you're so used to already being overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. But Which is sad. Yeah. And, like, I'm enough of a pain in the ass that I'm okay with asking. Yeah. But sometimes I just don't want to. Yeah. So it needs to be it needs to be just a part of the process. Yeah. Just make it available, put it out there. Yeah. And you'll see your business grow. Like you'll have even more customers. Yeah. If I you mean, actually like, cater to more people. And maybe it's not the case in Colorado because like I'm looking around right now and like everybody around us is average size. But you go to Missouri, you go to Alabama, you go to Texas. Yeah. People are just bigger. Yeah. In Pittsburgh, we got we got larger bodies on bikes. Yeah. People are like, okay, where's the three X? Where's the four X? Yeah. Make it available. Yeah. People just want to ride bikes and clothes that are comfortable. Yeah. And everyone wants things to be tight as ever. Nobody cares about being aero. No. Nobody cares about a little wind flap. No. Like, whatever. You want to be comfortable. Yeah. I mean, like, on Unbound, I, like, unzip my jersey. Yeah. Like, today I'm wearing a crop top, like. Which is dope. Thank you. My, My roommate cut it for me, so, yeah. Yeah. I've been getting more comfortable. Yeah. So. with that trying to like be more comfortable in my body and the body that I have yeah it took I a mean, long time to get there it took me a long time too like actually this is probably the first time I've worn a crop top in front of this many people but I'm like go you yeah <laughs> I don't know after all bodies on bikes came out and there was like a scene where we're jumping in the ocean yeah in my bibs I like had to watch that like 30 times to desensitize myself oh really yeah because I was like oh ooh, ooh. and then I'm like no this is cool yeah so that like, is nobody fire. gives a shit. Like, also, like, I should remind myself, like, everybody knows that I'm fat. Like, I'm not hiding anything from anybody. So, whatever. Everyone wants to look good? Yeah. Well, so how did you actually get into biking, the long distance stuff that you've been doing? Yeah. Um, so, started out, like, I, just, I got divorced. and was commuting. Uh-huh. And then, um, I had, like, a lot of demons in my head. Like, in, my ex-partner had, like, this crazy-ass affair. And, like, just, like, really messed with my, like, self-confidence and, like, who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. So, discovered the bicycle and just started riding and riding longer. and was, like, I can really get into, like, a meditative, like, focus state. Yeah. Um, so, have you ever bike MS? Yeah. Um, that was my first long ride ever. Same, 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 same. <laughs> and so, um, I did a 64-mile, no, not, that's tomorrow. I did a 60-mile uh, bike MS, and I was, like, I'm good at this. My body feels so good right now. Yeah. So then I was like, um, started doing bike camping and just like longer and longer distances. Yeah. And then. Baby, you got into bike camping pretty early on. Yeah. Wow. I always loved camping. And then okay. I got into my car and I was like, how do I do this? Oh. And then I kind of found some friends who were into it. And then it just kind of blossomed from there. So what was your f- first bike 
camp trip. Oh my god, it was such a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with like 70 people. Whoa! Yeah. Um, yeah, we went like 70 miles outside of Seattle. I had like two fully loaded panniers. Um, I was like way far behind the group and we had a truck with us, like mm -hmm. just a buddy who like didn't want to ride bikes. Yeah. And it was like, Marley, take your panniers off your bicycle, throw them in the truck and ride your damn bike. I was like, okay, great. Um, and then we went out there and then I got a ride home. So I was like, I can't ride 70 miles back home. Cause it was a one night thing. Oh wow. That's a lot. Yeah. For a first, oh, first yeah. go. That's massive. It was wild. And there was a lot of alcohol. There was a lot of drugs. Um, and I was just like, this Having so a good fun. time in the woods. Yeah, it was so fun. And then I was like, I got to do this again, but I want to do it on my own. So. Wait, what was the first solo? Um, I did like a. Um, have you ever been up to Seattle? Only once. Um, you should come again. Yeah. Hang out with me. I, I do want to go again. It's beautiful. Anytime you want to come, I got a. I got a place you can stay. Okay. Yeah. I'll take you up on that. I'll be like, yo, I think I'm going to be here in a couple months. Great. Okay. And how tall are you? Five four. I got bikes you can ride. Okay, fire. Yeah. I have like five bikes, so you can ride any of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's a, the Puget Sound, the Salish Sea. Um, there's so many routes. So I just did like a three-day solo route around wow. the sound. That sounds really pretty. It really was. Yeah. I didn't pick the best roads. They were very trafficy. Okay. But it still was fun. And like, I feel like that's when I was like, I really like being alone. And that's when I discovered I'm kind of an introvert. Okay. Yeah. Do you listen to music when you ride? I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you? Sometimes. Yeah. I do like, so I'm like hard of hearing in my left ear. Okay. Um, which can be hard because that's like where the cars are coming. Yeah. So I try and do like music in this year and then leave this year like open to like the the cars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite, like how, how do you keep yourself motivated on those long rides? Well, when I'm on long rides, not at a competition. Sometimes I'll have the music. Um, it's more, it depends on where I'm at. I think if I'm, I'm doing a longer trail ride, I'm more likely to use the music because I feel a little safer by having less of my uh, awareness. Okay. You feel safer by having less of your awareness? Well, because like I'm on the trail, and so I'm like, I don't have to worry about a car as much. Yeah, yeah, so okay. I can have maybe my... Um, hearing a little more dampened by music. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. And whereas if I'm on the road, I'm a little bit more cautious because now we have like these smart cars and they're really quiet. They're so quiet. They're so quiet and oh you can't God. even hear yes. the tires on the road, especially depending on what kind of pavement it is. Yeah. And so I just really want to be careful. Um, and you know, every time, that's preface, every time I've been hit, I've been in the city, I did not have headphones, okay. I was fully aware, and the cars did something and I lost. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's never, like, not never, but for the most yeah. part, like, it's usually the driver who's at fault, which I, I hate it when they say, like, a bicycle accident. Like, no, it's usually a collision. Yeah, like, you hit me because you underestimated the fact that I was actually moving at a 20 miles per hour on the road. Yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this turn, and then, like, and then, you know, I'm going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Always. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but it's like, so, but that's a times where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to listen to music really when I'm out long road riding. Yeah. But mostly I'll have my thoughts and that really what get me going, gets, keeps, keeps me going or maybe I'm just like thinking really hard about stuff. I just kind of zone out. I do too. I just, even when I did my first solo bike pack this year, which was, I had snow, I had sleet, rain. Oh my gosh. I had all this weather 
it was miserable towards the end, but like I tried to stay positive, but I tried to help myself by, I did have some music sometimes, but then I was just like thinking about the beauty of the scenery, looking at the plants and the animals, like really observing my where surroundings. Was your, where was that trip at? Oh, I did the Pittsburgh to uh, DC, the- The CNO? CNO. Yeah. So the gap in CNO, cause it was so well traveled. I said, what's a safe, what's a safe first time bike pack trip to do solo that's so well traveled that has a lot of points if i need help that i can get it yeah yeah and I, yeah i learned a lot like um swift in, have you heard of swift industries yeah um they have had um you know they do their whatever it's called stoke spoke yeah and they had like a night dedicated to bipoc folks um telling stories and it just like totally like opened my perspective to like safety concerns of yeah people traveling on bikes like I hadn't even considered so like I think of like my safety is like a woman on the road exactly but like when I go through like a rural town I don't consider that like fuck I might get shot yeah Which, sorry if I just took it there like but like yeah. there's a whole nother level that like I have a lot of privilege out there yeah I think I maybe err on the side of more of being naive in that regard and just being like you know what people are mostly okay and mostly good yeah I try to I like try and do it too and then yeah. I realize like maybe that's coming from an immense place of privilege it is for me too because i haven't experienced too much direct things yeah i've experienced a few but not so much and it hasn't jaded me as much but i do when i solo bike pack i did carry bear mace yeah because it has a stronger a further spray distance yeah it's also like creepy man mace yes (laughs) and i did carry like a knife and i kept it like in the uh the frame bag and the side pocket so it was very accessible because they say if you are going to carry something it's no good to you if you can can't actually reach right. it yeah so i tried to carry those things somewhere that I can quickly access like the mace was quickly accessible the knife if i needed it so like you know just trying to be smart about those type of things but i didn't even focus on them as much i was i didn't carry a lock yeah i was out there camping solo bike camping by myself not no lock just the mace and the knife and you know phone i didn't even use the gps thingy um i feel like on a trail like that just like you just gotta go yeah there's also so much to say about like the intent that you put out into the world and the energy you put out and like what you get back that is true i try to like i try to stay positive and not think about that and people were really worried for me because i was solo Mm. and i tried not to let their fears come into me yeah and at some point i did get a little nervous but i was like you know what no i'm okay Everyone has been, that pass has been cool. And I passed very few people because when I went, I did March 30th to April 2nd. Okay, and it so was still so pretty early, early in the season. And it was kind of chilly, which was a lot of snow and the yeah. sleet, <laughs> which was a mess. But I was fine. I was comfortable and I was safe. People, you know, when I passed people, they spoke. Um, and But I was really fortunate. Good. I had crazy weather, but I, I still didn't have any issues. No animals trying to attack my food because i heard people like raccoons still in their food yeah, bags yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, that's can thing. happen you're like oh my somebody ran out like an animal ran out of my food god yeah okay does that happen to, to you oh you gotta pee oh i just gotta pee so Yo, bad me too oh my, oh my god. god well let's i was we, doing the pee dance yeah I'm and i was trying to keep it right now. i was trying to keep it under control where's the closest bathroom i don't know should we just end it on that note like i feel um, like we could keep talking forever we could maybe round rapid two. fire oh yeah oh, let's do rapid fire real quick okay First bicycle. As an adult was in the shiki. 
A bit too big Shiki steel frame. You? Um, it was a, a Fuji bike. It was a, like what kind? It was a Fuji newest road bike. It was like red and black and white. Cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite place to ride? Mmm. L.A. Hills. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I've never been there. Yeah, the L.A. Hills, like the Mulholland and all, everything off of PCH. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Um. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good answer for that. No favorite place. No. Nothing bring you really. Let me think. Joy. Oh my god, I enjoy everywhere. No, that's not true. Um, actually, I went on this amazing mountain bike trail at Leavenworth, Washington, which is like central Washington. Okay. And it was just like swoopy and beautiful and way above my skill level, but I had so much fun. Favorite part about riding your bike? The freedom. You? Yes. The, I would say the, it brings me peace and it's like therapeutic. It's like therapy, moving, moving therapy. Um, favorite post-ride snack? Oh. Or on-ride snack? Oh. I guess my go-to, I'm a really, I like sour patches. Ooh, okay. A lot. I like yeah. sour things. And then turkey jerky. I like some salty, too. Yeah. What about you? Pickles. Pickles. Mm. Pickles. Pickle juice. Yeah. Yeah. Both post, on, pre, all the time. I have a pickle tattoo that I can't show you right now because it's up here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's on my Instagram, though. <laughs> um, let's do two more each, if we can think of them. Mm. What are you most nervous for tomorrow? Uh, the altitude pressures when I really, like, get into the meat of the ride. Yeah. What about you? Same. The altitude. Yeah. And the heat. Yeah, uh, let's see. Final thing, um, what's the next ride you're looking forward to? Bike MS. Yeah, Bike MS <laughs> coming up in September. So. Okay. I well, it's funny because I just quit my job, um, but I'm still riding. Congratulations. My, thank you. Yeah. But I'm riding my company. Um, okay. We have a really strong cycling culture. Nice. So I'm really excited to like hang out with them. And it's like a bunch of people who I like, the only thing I have in common with them is bikes. <laughs> but we have a good time. And I'm looking forward to the um, Major Taylor Three State Tour. Ooh. It's our fundraiser ride in September. Oh, cool. um, we should put those links into the, the notes because oh, yeah. let's get those fundraisers out there. So. Boom, yeah. yeah. Way to go. Oh my God. Let's this go is pee. So fun. Oh my God. Yes, let's go pee. Pee. Right.